0: Welcome back to the 31st episode of Sports Avenue. I'm your host, Jimmy Simonis, and today we're going to be diving into some boxing. We're going to be diving into some NFL. Andrew Luck retiring. Lamar Miller Torres ACL. What does that mean for the Texans? Uh, There's a big fight coming for boxing this upcoming Saturday, so stay tuned. We're going to get right into it. Also, make sure you follow all social media in the description below. I'm really looking forward to meeting and connecting with you people. So let's make it happen, and let's get right into it. So, first topic of discussion I want to talk about is the fight on Saturday, August 31st. Vasyl Lomachenko going against Luke Campbell. Uh, Honestly, Vasyl Lomachenko is one of my favorite fighters. He's been for the last few years since I've gotten into boxing. The first time I actually saw him was a YouTube video. It was called The Matrix by him. And, man, he is just something else when it comes into the ring. Uh, So, this fight against Luke Campbell. let's, Let's not throw away Luke Campbell here. He's a solid fighter what I've looked at he's not a bad fighter he is currently uh, 20 and 22 with two losses he's won 16 by knockout and four by decision his two losses have been by decision so he has not been knocked out in a loss his last fight Luke Campbell fought Adrian Young which was with TKO in the fifth round and he's shown what I saw of him he loves to u- he loves to use his jab he's very powerful with his punches. He, ha- he doesn't like to get in your grill a lot, he likes to get his distance, he has a reach of 71. vasil Lomachenko is only 65 and a half, so right now, walking into the fight right now, I'm going to give Luke the advantage in the sense that he- if, he uses- if he uses his jab, I don't see this fight going too far because I think vasil struggles when he's not able to get inside get aggressive. Luke, he has to be able to learn how to use his defense. What I saw of him, he struggled against Jorge Linares, which was two years ago in 2017. He lost to Jorge Linares by uh, no decision. He did get knocked down in the second round, but the problem was... He let Hori Linares get into him, he was very aggressive, and he just got knocked out. He got knocked down. Too many times he just seemed way too passive, and when he was aggressive, it just, it wasn't enough to counterattack or be effective going against Linares. And Linares, by the way, was a TKO by Vasyl Lomachenko, which, I mean, again, Lomachenko I watched that fight was in control most of the time granted yes he did get knocked down but I saw that as more he was just getting way too overconfident and he even said that after the interview he got too confident wasn't able to you know keep his composure and he he fell for it but again Vasile I think if everyone that watches him, he's very slithery like a snake. He will bite you. He will crawl. He will make you feel so uncomfortable in the ring. He knows he has one of the best IQ in the game right now. So if he's able to get Luke trapped off into one of the corners of the ring, I don't see this fight going long because Campbell's defense was not very good especially when guys that are super fast and moves move around the ring real quick. Linares was being one of them. Again, he doesn't take punches very well. He doesn't roll at the punches very well. He does well. I mean, he's he's a professional boxer. I'm not saying he's bad, but when we're talking about Vasyl Lomachenko, he's one of the he's just going against one of the best right now in the business. And Lomachenko is one of the most talented So what I'm looking for, for Luke, he has to keep his distance. Like I've said before, he's got an inch of 71. He's got about a five and a half inch reach over Vasile. Throw your jab. He has a good left hook. He is a southpaw, by the way. So again, his left hook is his power punch. So if he gets Vasile off his feet, gets him uncomfortable, which is going to be tough to do. Vasile is very aggressive. He does not stop. So again, using that jab, getting... You know, an unexpected power punch might be the difference in there. If Vasile doesn't see that left hook coming, then he might be down. But throwing combos, making sure you have good uh, discipline with your punches because if you're very sloppy, Vasil's going to counter it, basically, and he'll knock him out. For Vasile, again, staying aggressive. Do not let Luke dictate the fight. You have to be stay aggressive. If you are the aggressor, Luke's not a good enough defender to take the punches. He doesn't roll well. So, again, he, he's... And also, one thing I did notice about Luke, he's very stagnant. He doesn't like to move his head. He he just likes to kind of throw his punches. You know, he takes a couple steps. I'm not saying... I'm not saying... I'm not trying to say he's bad. But, again, his his style does not match well against Vasiles at all. He He's more of like a... He's just like a, he's a power puncher. So again, he's going to keep his distance. He's going to make sure he has the right timing, but timing's not going to work when you have a seal. He's just going to stalk him until he gets his opportunity. He's got to stay aggressive. He's got to keep within so that Luke doesn't utilize his jab right because if he, Luke doesn't have his jab, his sec his other punches aren't going to be able to set up for him because his combos were always set up with his jab. What I noticed a lot with him. Vasile, he can throw any punch almost at any time and get you at any place. So my keys to the fight, like I said, distance for Luke, Vasile has to be aggressive. Whoever does that first from the get-go, I don't see this fight going through three, three rounds. I think both are going to be very aggressive, and it's going to be a tough fight from the start. You know, Luke's talk been talking a lot of trash to Vasil, thinking that he's going to be the next big thing. But I don't think he knows what Fasil's actually done in the skill level that Fasil is at is second to none. Loma is a he's just a, a great fire. He's one of the best in the world right now. And I don't I don't see this fight going through three rounds. I expect a knockout From one of the two, I think if Luke's going to get one, it's going to be an awful left hook. And if Vasile's going to get one, it's going to be off some uppercuts to the body. Or no, hooks to the body and then an uppercut to the face and you're going to call it a night. So, Vasile's the favorite, but again i think luke has a slight chance of winning but that is a tough i mean it's it's a tough one to make Lomachenko's the wba the wbo the ring and he's the and they're fighting for the wbc lightweight title so if the has got everything to lose luke's got you know pretty much everything to win so it comes down to mentality Who's gonna be more aggressive, and that's gonna dictate who wins the fight come Saturday night. Now we're gonna dive into some the NFL with a lot of news going on. So let's get the elephant in the room out of the way. You know, with Andrew Luck retiring this past week, it's a tough loss for the NFL as a whole. He was a great guy, a great personality for the league. Not very charismatic, but a great player. He was very fun to watch. He had a weird throwing motion to say though. Very, I want to say like, I want to say. Robotic, But it was just weird to me, you know. It was very slingshot-ish. But he was one of the best in the game. Ever since he came out of college early, you know, I think the main problem was that when he was playing in the NFL, their GM at the time, Ryan Grigson, they didn't protect him. His offensive line was some of the worst besides last year, you know, since he's been in Indianapolis and what that just caused was these injuries to his back you know his back his his shoulder you know his legs you know he was getting destroyed out there and i think it, it sent out a notice to, especially to the league as in these quarterbacks they can only take so much hits you know i know the league has gone to more of a, a safety with protecting the quarterbacks but at the same time andrew luck was getting dismantled out there Another example, Cam Newton. He just got his shoulder repaired because he does take a lot of hits, but he's not a scramb- he is a scrambler quarterback. Luck was never a scrambler. He only ran when he had to, or he set, I think, a new tone that these quarterbacks, these players are not going to take all these injuries and just play for the money. It's about making sure that they're healthy when they're able to play. And Andrew Luck fought through, fought through some gruesome injuries. I mean, he was playing with you know a broken body half the time. Matthew Stafford was this another person that came to my mind right now. He's playing with a broken back, a broken collarbone, a broken rib. Tony Romo too, broken collarbone on both sides of his body. You know his body's just sh- you know broken to shambles and he's still out there playing. And these guys are just not getting protected. And it's just it's showing that if your GM, if your team is not Protecting your franchise quarterback, which you would already think should be set in stone when you draft this guy. He's supposed to be your franchise quarterback. He's supposed to be the guy that leads your team to a championship. If you don't protect him, you're not going to win. And now the Colts are completely restarting, or not restarting, they're, they're having to reform two weeks before the season even starts. To have a guy that can start at the helm and bring this team to to the playoffs, which they were already expected to be a Super Bowl contender. That was already supposed to be expected of them. They were supposed to be competing with the Patriots. They were supposed to be competing with these elite teams in the AFC. I mean, the Browns, the Steelers, uh, who else? I mean, you know, their division Their division is pretty tough this year. A lot of teams with questionable quarterback play besides the Texans. Uh, The Jacksonville Jaguars with Nick Foles. The Titans with Marcus Mariota. You know, and the Texans team, they're not whole either. They are very, they are very, you know, they can struggle this year. As much as the Texans can struggle, Indianapolis can struggle as much just because they don't have a quarterback. The defense for the Colts is good enough to to kind of hold a bridge. The offense, I, go, I think, is good enough to compliment Brissette, Jacoby Brissett as he steps in for the time being. Again, Brissett is not you know, he's not a rookie. He's been in the league for three to four years. He started twenty in 2017 when Luck was out with his his shoulder. Yeah, I think he's going to have a good understanding of the system. He was with the Colts last year. He played in New England when he got drafted. So he, ha- he has had good coaching along the way. He's familiar with the system being the backup last year. I think going into this season, I think the Colts are actually going to be really good and I still I, I actually posted this on Sportsnuts that I think they're gonna be a playoff team either way. I think Brissett is good enough to at least get this team eight and eight, nine and seven, a possible ten and six if all things go right. You know, there's really no glaring holes on this team. You look at this team, you know, top to bottom. There there's not many superstars. There's really no superstars. Darius Leonard's an all pro linebacker, but again, he's not a household name like Aaron Donald. Bobby Wagner, but he's a great talent, especially being a a second-year player. Pierre Desir is their head corner. The the secondary group is not the greatest, but again, Desir, a former Brown, just saying. Uh, Malik Hooker, a great ball hawk safety. I think those two leading it is a solid group. Not great. I think they're about mediocre at best. The front seven, I think, is going to be really good. It's what's going to separate them from good to being great, especially if the secondary is considered a glaring weakness, they a lot. They remind me a lot more of a Dallas team. A lot of good pieces around them, a good O line, a, a great front seven, but the secondary is suspect. Got a good safety like Byron Jones and you know Malik Hooker, but they don't have um, lockdown corners. The team I I still think is going to be ten and six, nine and seven, make the playoffs. I think they win the division. I don't see the Texans winning the division. I'm not really big on uh, Houston because, A, they just lost uh, Lamar Miller, which I'm going to talk about. I mean, unless Duke Johnson really fills in and pretty much does what Lamar Miller did – with a bad old line I mean, if you thought Cleveland was bad, Houston's got one of the worst old lines in the NFL, as Deshaun Watson. He got hit like 60-plus like times last year. These last few years have been a struggle, and the fact that he's still playing, he's still battling out there, I think should make the Texans worry because Andrew Luck just went through a lot of similar problems than what Deshaun Watson did. Continually getting hit as a young quarterback, Deshaun Watson's only walking into his third or fourth year into the league. He's got to be protected at all costs, or he's going to be, you know, in this situation where he can't play because he's hurt. the The Texans drafted Titus Howard at, with like the twenty fourth pick or whatever they drafted at in the first round when he wasn't even projected to be going until like the second or third round. I don't understand what they were looking for, but they better expect Titus Howard to fill in some big shoes because that line is really bad, really bad. Your defense is good on the front seven, but your secondary is horror. Your secondary was the worst according to all the playoff teams or their stats by all playoff teams last year. They were the worst. How can they? Make, and they really didn't do anything to shore it up. They lost Tyron Matthew to the Chiefs. Who, who did you pick up? You didn't do much. I mean, who's going to step in? Especially because, you know, if J.J. Watt doesn't stay healthy, you know, the team is continuing to age. You know, J.J. Watt's getting a year older Whitney Mercilis is getting a year older. Your team is getting older and older, and you don't—you're not replacing enough pieces to keep the the, the call going. DeAndre Hopkins is a great receiver and all, but at the same time, he's the only guy out there. Will Fuller is still coming back from a leg injury. Who else are you going to replace? You lost Jalen Strong. You lost—you you, know—you have Kevin Cootie who's not bad, but again, you don't have anything to. Make this team better than what they were last year. I actually think Jacksonville's a better team than them. But the problem with Jacksonville is that they have too many egos in the locker room. And I really think the Titans are good, but you know because they have a crappy quarterback, they don't. They're not going to win. Last year showed there are a 8 and 18 with Marcus Mariota at the helm. He didn't play last year against the Colts, but because he was hurt. But I just I don't see the Titans improving. I think the Colts are much better than any of these teams, top to bottom. Coaching staff, all the way down. I like the tenant. I like Mike Vrabel. I'm, I don't. I'm not a big fan of Doug Marone. I don't really care for Bill O'Brien. The more seasons he coaches the Texans, I, I keep getting less impressed by him. He doesn't really do much. He doesn't change anything. The team is very is very is stayed stagnant. They win. They get wins, but when they get to the wild card, they they poop the bed. No one wants that. Especially in Houston when you're competing with Dallas, you're competing with all these teams, and you're not doing anything. This team had potential. This team still has potential, but they're not adding anything because you're about to get rid of Jadavion Clowney, and you better hope you get a left tackle for it. You really better hope you get a good offensive line piece, because right now your focus has to be protect Deshaun Watson at all costs, because if you don't protect him, you're not going to have him in a few years. You, love, you actually, And by the way, just to top it all off, the running back you got rid of, Deontay Freeman, is now on the Colts. Not to mention, now you only have one running back on the roster who's never really even started in the, on the team. He's played in every game in his career, but he's never started as a true number one back. And now you're expecting him to fill into a, a position where he's supposed to be the number one back from the get-go on a terrible O-line. Even though the Browns were bad these last few years when Duke Johnson was on the team, the offensive line wasn't awful. Between Joel Petonio, um, uh, J.C. Treader, Kevin Zeiler, the offensive line wasn't bad. Last year is when they started. That's when they clicked in the second half of the year. But the offensive line was never terrible. The, de- the offensive line was at least average. The offensive line for Houston is awful. So you better figure out, Houston, if you're going to go in and get rid of Jadavia Clowney for a left tackle or a future first-round pick, or and that's not even going to matter because if Kansas City is a 9-7, and 10-6 team, you're only getting a back-half left tackle. You're only going to get a decent left tackle at best unless you hope Cody Ford or a guy like that slides again, which is not going to happen. Drafting Titus Howard was a stupid move. And now you're going to suffer consequences for it because you're you're still rocking into the, the season with the same problems you had last year. And now you lost Lamar Miller to a tour ACL in the preseason. Matter of fact, granted, Duke Johnson is not bad. I, I'm a Browns fan. I like Duke Johnson. But he's not a true number one back. He fumbles the ball too much, and he, he's, you know, again, he's, he's running behind a terrible line. You can't run the ball. So... And you have DeAndre Hopkins who's gonna get all his catches, he's gonna get all his stats, he's probably gonna be the best receiver this year. But again, you're not improving. This team can regress. Titans can regress. The entire AFC South picture can regress. And the Colts, I still think, are gonna go nine and seven and ten and six. And that's my problem. I I mean I know I talked about Lamar Miller and trying to bring that up, but again. I don't see the Colts taking a step back. I think Frank Reich in his first year as a head coach did much more than Bill O'Brien has done in his how many years he's been in with Houston. Mike Vrabel has showed he can coach a good team. His defense was great last year, but Marcus Mariota is garbage. No offense, but I'm not a fan of Marcus Mariota. He's not good with the system. He hasn't shown he can—he hasn't even shown he's improved. Only thing he's done was beat the Kansas City Chiefs in a playoff game. And that was it. He hasn't stayed healthy. He hasn't shown he's improved. My problem is that Mariota has not improved since he's gotten to the league. The offense hasn't gotten better. Yes, I know the offensive pieces haven't been there always. But again, I don't see this team improving with Marcus Mariota at the helm. I think this is his last year to prove if he's going to be anything of worth. Or I think the Titans are going to have to draft a quarterback because Vrabel's a good head coach. I think the pieces. I think it's the same thing with the Bills. The pieces are there, but now the Bills actually got a quarterback in Josh Allen. The Titans are sitting stagnant with Marcus Mariota, and they're giving him another year, which I don't know why. I really don't. So to wrap up this uh, this discussion with the Colts, which delved into the AFC South, I I think the Colts are going to do fine. Nine and seven, ten and six. I think Jacksonville is going to go eight and eight, nine and seven. I think Falls is good enough. I mean, I think he's better than Mariota. I think the Jacksonville team, top to bottom, with a healthy Leonard Fournette, is much better than Houston. Houston, let me say. So. I think Jacksonville can snag a wild card uh, spot, to be honest. I really do. I mean, if Doug Marone can really pull this team together, can get rid of these egos, the defense is going to be top five. And they already, and they took they got Josh Allen, who was supposed to be the best pass rusher. This team, the defense is stacked. Stacked. And now with your offense, D.D. Um, Westbrook is bound to break out. Bound to break out. Leonard Fournette coming back After a terrible year last year It was a down year it wasn't good you, dra- you you drafted tight end Josh Oliver Who's a passing tight end which I think Could be a come into play here In, a, in the f- a first uh, few games Or so if they learn to pass More but if the passing game's there If Foles all Foles I think Has to be is a glorified game manager If he throws the deep ball what did Philadelphia do in their Super Bowl run They played great defense You ran the ball well and you always had the, the deep play. You always had the big play. That's what Nick Foles did. And if you keep, if you avoid turnovers, which Foles did show besides his one year when he threw 27 touchdowns and two interceptions, is what his problem is. He's gotten too many turnovers. But this team, the Jacksonville team, is set to win. It really is. But it really comes down to management and, head, and coaching. You really can't. I mean, the team is young. It's got a lot of talent, a lot of talent, and everywhere on on the defense, there's a top 10 player in that position somewhere. Offensively, your team is not bad, it's average, but uh, it's showed that playoff teams, if they have great defenses and average offenses, you can win. It's happened years past. The Eagles, they didn't, I mean, granted, they won shootouts in this, at Super Bowl run, especially against the Patriots, which was like, you know, 44-35 30, uh, or 42-35. But again, they didn't do that every game. Teams, like, the thing about the Vikings, the exact same year. They had Case Keenum as their quarterback. Where is he at now? He's in He's in Washington, and he's barely holding on to a starting spot. And guess what? The Vikings, with Case Keenum, had did better than Kirk Cousins has done in that last year. And Kirk Cousins statistically had a great year last year. But the team is not advancing. It's not getting better. These teams that are just continually keeping the same guys and not improving are continuing to regress instead of impress and progress. You're not doing anything to improve yourselves. So how are you going to get better? Especially when the line, the trenches, are the most important positions on the field at, at one time. How you control the game is set with your lineman. And why does Houston lose in the playoffs every year? Their line sucks. The defensive line can only do so much. The offensive line, they got to control the tempo, and they can't. They have to score quick and always because if the defense can only hold on so much, Especially when your secondary is garbage. I know this has come more of a Texans rant, but I think this is the the message has to be for the the Texans. Protect you gotta protect Deshaun Watson because you know what? In in a few years he might be doing like Andrew Luck and saying when he's 28, 29 in the middle of his prime, I can't do this anymore. I'm tired of taking all these hits. I'm tired of getting hurt. Yes, I love the money, but man, I'm tired of getting hurt. Especially when we're not improving, the Colts turned around and went from five, four and twelve uh, in twenty seventeen to ten and six, and then the playoffs. Texans are not ten and six, nine and seven, eight and eight, but they don't do anything in the playoffs. They haven't improved. They haven't shown they can win. And I think that comes down to bad coaching and poor management for not drafting good players or drafting good quality players. Let me just say. In the correct spots The Texans are going to be facing an Andrew Luck dilemma here If they don't protect Deshaun Watson And having no run game No run game And a bad line You're just lucky DeAndre Hopkins decided to Become the superstar he is Because if not This team would be awful And Deshaun Watson would be a waste of talent And you guys are wasting his prime years as On his rookie contract To not really do anything You're trying to sign Jadavion Clowney. I think, honestly, you should flip Jadavion Clowney for either a a couple picks or a player, an offensive lineman, and that's it. Be done with Jadavion Clowney and drafts or sign someone because he's a great player and all. But I think it's more due to complementing J.J. Watt rather than him being a good player himself. So going forward for the NFL, I think. Again, your offensive linemen are going to become that much more of a priority because of Andrew Luck and the statement that you know he he made a huge statement, and again now the Colts have to deal with consequences that they were not expecting to bear. But you know 10, 10 days prior to when he said he was going to retire, so that's my take on this whole AFC South dilemma, especially with the Colts and what the Texans need to do to improve because if they don't it's going to be a it's going to be a downhill spiral for them and they're going to be starting just right when they became an expansion team or the break off of the houston oilers to finish up the episode i just want to say thank you to everyone who listened on sports app you know listening to me spiel i appreciate everyone listening giving me feedback you know everything you guys tell me how to improve what to do it makes me that much better and i truly appreciate what you guys do for me i couldn't be doing this without the people that support me my family you know my friends people that listen to me and constantly give me feedback you guys mean a lot to me i just want you guys to know i really appreciate what you guys do for me i'm really looking to take this podcast with steven and you know in company and making this something really big so again i just want to say thank you for listening this has been the sports avenue podcast with jimmy simonis and have a great week